Sports meets beer. Beer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sports Meets Beer podcast. My name is Ben. That is Brad. We are here to soothe your ears with our nasally stuffed up noses. (laughs) (laughs) Pardon me. I'm a little sick right now, but that sounds like par for the course. Ben has been sick since the Reagan administration, I feel like. (laughs) Pretty much. I feel that way. It's been awesome. Well, anyways, uh, if you're tuning in for the first time to Sports Meets Beer Podcast, first off, thank you very much. Number two, a little bit about the show. Uh, This show is dedicated to uh, three things that we love tremendously. That would be sports, that would be food, and that would be beer. Uh, We like to drink beer, review beer while we talk about sports and talk about food. And eat food. We do that too. Or make food. I can hit the microphone against my tummy. You can hear how much food is in there probably right now. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like fish and chips. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, that's what we're doing. Um, this is uh, this been uh, this is our episode number forty. Uh, and Jeez. speaking of number forty, uh, we also dedicate every episode, uh, which we release in three parts. So we'll have uh, kind of a sports segment, a food segment, and a beer segment. Sometimes they intermingle, intertwine, whatever. But we usually release three per week. Uh, and uh, this week we are going to dedicate this episode, uh, as we do with other episodes, dedicated to a former pro athlete who basically wore the number the best, who performed best, who uh, is a icon in one of the core four sports, you know, that being football, basketball, baseball, hockey. Right. So this week, without further ado, ado, number 40. All right. Is there a sports movie that makes you cry? Yes, there's several, actually. Give me two or three of them. I'll give you two. Rudy. Okay. That one makes me cry. Uh, Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. At the end, I always tear up. Do you? Every time. It's a good one. I love Mark Wahlberg. What can I say? Oh, well, you better love him real stabby in the eye with a pencil. Just check his prison record. I know. He's um, been actually exonerated. Oh, has he? Yeah. So get your facts straight. You mean expunged? Whatever. Yeah. I mean, he was exonerated, then he got expunged. Doesn't mean he didn't do it. No, he did, did time in prison for that. Uh, no, it was juvenile hall. It was when he was a minor. Yeah, okay. So he did it. But he didn't go to prison. Right. He did it, though. He stabbed a guy in the eye with a pencil. Um, that's it's been expunged from his record, so that may or may not have happened. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, he did that. Oh, man. Well, listen. He allegedly broke a lot of hearts when he was doing Calvin Clyde ads. That's all I got to say. Uh, he raised a lot of underpants. Yes, he did. Um, I'm not camping, but I just pitched a tent. I have a couple that make <laughs> me cry as well. One okay. Sports movies. One of them is Braveheart. Um <laughs> Uh, but one of them, which you may or may not have seen, is Brian's Song. Brian's Song uh, is a movie uh, between about a uh, two football players, an African American football player and a Caucasian football player. Brian Piccolo is the Caucasian; he's struggling from cancer. Um, and uh, Billy D. Williams plays the African American football player. Uh, which, if you have not seen Billy D. Williams, does he drink Cold Forty Five? Do the Cold Forty Five ad? It is the one of the best things ever. Movie came out in nineteen seventy. We're going to put up a Cold Forty Five ad. Uh, we are just attribute him uh, at the end of that. The end of that movie, man. Brian Piccolo's sick. It's a whole thing. If you don't cry, dude, get you're dead inside. You're dead inside. And the reason why I bring that up is because that movie is about Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers, played by Billy D. Williams. Gail Sayers. Very short seven-year career in the NFL. Gail Eugene Sayers, known as the Kansas Comet, uh, went to University of Kansas. Uh, it was a halfback and a return specialist for the Chicago Bears. Like I said, only played seven seasons, which is so crazy to me. Um, led the league in rushing twice. Um, led the 
league in yards from scrimmage once. Um, he was a four-time Pro Bowler, five-time first, five first-team All-Pro, NFL Comeback Player of the Year in 69, NFL Rookie of the Year in 65, two-time NFL rushing yards leader, made the 60s All-Decade Team, 75th Anniversary All-Time Team, um, was a two-time All-American at Kansas, uh, and he was a three-time All Big Eight player. That's how long ago that was. Wow, he was the Big Eight. Um, you know, it's crazy to me. He's in the Hall of Fame for the NFL or the, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, it's crazy to me that he is a Hall of Famer with four thousand nine hundred and fifty-six career rushing yards. Uh, you know, my theory behind that is that he came right at the beginning of the merger, which I think was in sixty-six, sixty-five, sixty-six. So that's like right around his rookie, right after he got rookie of the year. Um, I want to say that he was like that's a iconic player, an impact player. Um, a lot of players from that era um, had much shorter seasons, obviously the because mo- more times than not they had to go work a regular job during the off season, mm-hmm. and so to balance their life, career, and everything else, uh, the seasons didn't. The season wasn't as long, and they didn't they didn't last. Yeah, to your point, he was drafted by the Chiefs uh, in 1965. Uh, and it was also drafted by the Bears, um, you know, the NFL, AFL, um, NFL, AFL, you know, split. There were the two drafts. Uh, he was drafted fifth overall by the Chiefs and fourth overall by the Bears. And he ended up choosing to stay with in Chicago so that he could stay, you know, somewhat in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, in America's heartland, as it were. Um, you know, won a couple of rushing titles. You know, his he's been in the news fairly recently. In 2013, he sued the NFL, claiming that the league negligently handled his repeated head injuries during his career. And between his knees and his head, that's part of the reason why his career was so short. Yeah. Uh, he says he suffered headaches and short-term memory loss since retirement and um, said that he was frequently sent back into games despite what everybody knew was a concussion. Um, the league didn't do enough, um, you know, uh, was not enough to protect him. But the weird thing was um, the case was withdrawn in 24 or late in that same year after Cl- Sayers claimed it was filed without his permission, which means that his lawyers took it to court without yeah. him knowing about it. Um, but then he got six other. So I think what ultimately happened was that, if I remember the story correctly now, is that uh, he said that the suit was filed without his permission by his lawyer, um, but then it was then it was actually filed in 2014 and he had six other players to help with the lawsuit. That was like the big, you know, the big lawsuit, you know, yeah. the NFL was going on, had all its, uh, you know, CTE it, issues and everything CTE, else. CTE, they had the big pay, payout for CTE and all, right. all the good, what have you. Um, but, um, you know, the other thing when we do this, you know, it's not necessarily about somebody who put up big numbers or had an extremely long career. It's about somebody, or even those, someone that we liked, for that matter. Yeah, although those things typically help, right? It's just somebody who really, um, you know, who is known for wearing that number, who revolutionized their position, or who had a huge impact on the sport. Right. Um, that even transcends what shows up in a box score. Gail Sayers, Gail Sayers is one of those guys. So, episode 40. Dedicated to you, sir. Gail Eugene Sayers. Here we go. Let's get into the show. Do it. All right, here we are, live and direct in the studio, the no. mo- mobile studio. Yeah, it just sounds cool when you say it with that voice. Table five, <laughs> we're at table five. Nice. I can see that. Yeah, we're in the back of the restaurant. This is perfect. Um, so if you hear any plates clanging around and people 
jovially cheering and having a good time, and you'll know why. It's not because of the podcast. Because <laughs> we're doing it at TGI Fridays. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's talk some sports, dude. Um, we have uh, this basketball team from the Bay Area. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're called the Golden State Warriors. They're not bad. They're okay. They're just okay. Uh, as we record this, they are. Uh, we're going to the All Star break. You're going to listen to this. They don't play again until next Thursday, I think, um, the 23rd. Uh, going into the All Star break, they got four All Stars. If you recall, right around, I don't know. I would say it's Christmas time. Uh, I said just relax. You know, it's this team is actually well ahead of where I thought it would be. Yes, they lost to Cleveland on on Christmas Day. Yes, they were having trouble in fourth quarters and some close games. I said, just relax. It's going to be fine. That seemed to be more of like, a, they just, it didn't seem like they were gelling as well as everyone hoped. Is that the safe safe bet? What do you think? No, I actually thought that they gelled better. I thought that they would be, if you remember, I predicted before the season started that they would be like, at Christmas time, I thought they would be like, you know, 21 and 17 or something like that. Yeah. And then they would just light the league on fire after Christmas. Um, and they were obviously considering that they only have, what, nine losses at the moment. Right. Um, you know, that clearly wasn't the case. They've clearly gelled just fine. I think one of the issues was that they hadn't played a lot of close games in fourth quarters. And so when it came right down to it, they'd had a hard time kind of like ramping back up in those clutch time moments. Um, you know, and since Christmas Day, that has not been an issue. They have not choked away games late. They have not. They've been able to just slam the door on teams. Oh, they just um, they pass them. It always seems like the, the as of late and especially like last night, you know, they go, they're kind of pacing back and forth for a while. Then all of a sudden they turn on their freaking nitrous and they just blow by the person. Yeah. Blow by the team. You know, I know they lost to Denver on Monday, but that was really, you know, you're on the back end of an, an emotional road trip. Well, OKC lost too. Both teams yeah. lost the following game. Yeah, they t- they, that game took a lot out of those guys. I think they talked about that on the broadcast last night. But, you you know, you go in and Denver makes 24 threes or 26 threes in the game. Right. You're playing at altitude. You've beat, you the know. back end of a road trip, You beat too. Oklahoma City. You beat, um, uh, who was the other? Memphis. Yeah, Memphis, you know, which is an emotional game for you to win because they've taken you. They've gotten you twice this year. You know, it's a. I, and there was no uh, Clay Thompson, no Sean Livingston in that game. You know, that was a game that I, I didn't think they would lose, but it didn't surprise me. And I found out later that they haven't won back-to-back games in Denver since like 2004 or something crazy like that. That's fair enough. Um, so but I, you we're know, still they're still sitting way better than, yeah, than you had they're, predicted they're, and that we thought the way they were going to be. Exactly. They're way ahead. So if you, I, I had said, in De- you know, in December they were way ahead of it. And then in December I said, just relax. This stuff with Curry and everything else, it's fine. They'll get, they'll get it together. And they have gotten it together. Last night, uh, if you were not for they played the Sacramento Kings, who are you know struggling, 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 trying to get into that eighth spot in the playoffs. Um, and they, you know, they actually Dave Yeager has done a great job with them. They actually they've been a lot better than I thought they would be. Um, I still I thought that at this point in the year they were going to be really close to trading Demarcus Cousins. Um, which they obviously have not done. Right. Uh, they were playing the Warriors tough. They were bleeding the shot clock on every possession. They were making threes. They were like five out of six in the first quarter of that game on threes. Um, you know, the Warriors c- kind of collapsed um, in the, you know right before the half. They gave up seven consecutive points right before the the buzzer sounded for the second quarter. Um, you know, they were really they were lethargic. They weren't grabbing a lot of rebounds. And Draymond Green went. You know, he the game was offici- he went nuclear. Yeah, they. The game was officiated fairly but poorly, if that's such a thing. They let a lot of contact go. And I would say, you know, just look to how much DeMarcus Cousins reacted to the officiating, but he does that all the time. But they let a lot of stuff go. Both guy, both sides of the, of the basketball last night were really kind of going like, how much are you guys going to let go? 
And then uh, I think Draymond was a little upset with how lethargic the team was. I think he was upset with a foul call, and I think he let his temper get the best of him. It's not that big of a deal. He lost his mind about a foul call, and he got run. And people are starting to get a little upset. We're going to get to that in a second. But people are starting to wring their hands a little bit. Uh, about the Draymond thing. Is it going to be an issue? Um, We'll cover that in a second. But if you watched the third quarter of that game, the Warriors came out, and A, there were nine fouls committed in the the third quarter in the first three and a half minutes of that quarter. Yeah. Because the officials had clearly decided that they weren't going to let quite as much physical contact go. The Warriors, with nine minutes left uh, in the third quarter, were still down three. And when the fourth quarter started, they were up 30. Yes. I I was literally watching the game, and then... uh had to take the dog out to the bathroom. You know, he drinks a ton of water, so I have to wipe his freaking mouth because he's going to drool everywhere. So I'm doing dealing with all that. Got a little bite to eat. Came back in, and I was like, what has happened? I missed most of that run. Oh, my God, 28 to 2. It's, that's, like, that's like NBA, like original dream team type against, you know, against what, Ethiopia type what stuff. What I honestly thought since I'd watched every other minute of the game, I'm like, maybe I'm the bad luck guy. Maybe I should just turn the game off and not watch anymore. Because no. clearly when I'm not in the room, they did well. No, they... So Draymond getting out of the game. Bob Fitzgerald talked a little bit about it on the broadcast last night. Um, warrior play-by-play guy. He said that, you know, it gave Patrick McCaw, the, you know, the rookie, an opportunity to really be a part of the, the tinder that set the dynamite off, right? Like, yeah. Which he did really well in the uh, Memphis game, too. The Denver game. Denver game, sorry. They, they were down 28 at one point. They got it all the way down to eight or nine points. Right. Um, they did a phenomenal job. They were, the young squad did a great job. They've been playing a lot better uh, as of late. And I think the fact that they got this dude, uh, uh, Briante Weber is his name. They signed him from the D-League. He, he was averaging over three steals a game in the D-League. He's a monster defensively. Um, and he, but he, can, he doesn't like to shoot the ball a lot. He's like more comfortable like running an offensive set. Those guys, that helps a lot. It takes a lot of the pressure off of McCaw to actually have to be that like point guard guy yeah. um, at the moment. That's where eventually he's going to end up. He's going to be the backup point guard. But um, in any case, what they did last night, I think at one point, the, the offensive rating, defensive rating, which if you're not familiar with, they measure out um, you know, your offensive rating is how many points you would score per 100 possessions, sort of the ERA of right. you know basketball and then your your rating is you know then your defensive rating is how many points you give up per 100 possessions so then your net rating is the difference between the two and i think the warriors over the course of the last nine minutes of the third quarter last night uh were something like plus 130 like they would have blown it if you know if they just played 100 possessions without a timeline they would have beaten a team by 130 points like based on that average, just, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. just like that stretch. If you extrapolate it out, it would be that. And this is one of those things where uh, when the Warriors won the title in 2015, you knew that there was a very strong likelihood that they were going to win because defensively they were unstoppable. Defense always travels. Uh, last year, the defense struggled a little bit. They weren't quite as good. Um, you know, they won 74 games or 73 games, right? So you think, well, how could that possibly be? But they had a lot of defensive lapses, and they were just able to overcome it because of how good they were offensively. This team is better defensively than they were last year. They're better around the rim. They're giving up fewer points. They're creating more turnovers. I think last night the Kings had 18 or 20 turnovers, and the Warriors only had eight, which that's actually a, a pretty solid statistic for them because they turn they have a tendency to turn the ball over. Um, 
But you watched the game last night. You you're watching. You know, you've been watching since the Warriors have started to get good. You've really been watching more and more frequently. I abs- absolutely have. And I I came to a, a stark realization last night that I hate myself because <laughs> I am that bandwagon fan. But you watch religiously now. You like you don't turn it off because they're losing. Like you're watching the games. No, no, no I'm truly watching as I you know in all full disclosure. Um, you know, you are more far more the sports guy than me. I like what I like, and I'm kind of like the you know the uh, the the basic food guy you know like cheeseburger and fries right i know i like cheeseburger and fries i'm gonna order all the time you know about a lot about sports and i'm starting to learn more about basketball and i've always watched it before i was always you know a jordan guy things like that mm-hmm. love Shaq, love kobe for a while um and it's you know it, i i really enjoy watching now like i'm fully learning way more about the game i'm way i'm learning so much more about just how better teams are I thought you were going to give me a little tip of the cap how I was recalling back the last Warriors games and who won what, but you didn't give me any compliments on that. Well, that's I, far more improved than my previous that's statements. Actually, that's actually, <laughs> actually, you kind of jumped in to like give yourself a pat on the back on that one. I did. I he had the, to. He had the ribs removed before the show, ladies I and gentlemen. I did. I did. I had to. Do that to himself. If you don't pat yourself on the back, no one else is going to. Well, what I was going to say was, <laughs> Jesus, what I was going to say was, now I'm just going to say, you know, with... Your terrible knowledge about basketball. Perfect. No, with your, I mean, you've been watching the games. You know what's going on. Like, with the more you watch, how much of a problem do you think this Draymond Green thing is? Is it, you know, him getting, he got ejected last night. He got called for a foul in the second quarter. Um, you know, it should have been, a, it was a foul. It was clearly a foul, but like, uh, DeMarcus Cousins didn't have full control of the ball and he kind of batted it up in the air and it went in. And so they gave him continuation and the bucket. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if he, that's, that. And by the way, he. I mean, that was just a yeah, throw yeah. up in the air. It was it was so sloppy and ugly. Um, so I, you know, it's clearly a foul. I, Draymond's upset because, like I said, the game was officiated fairly but poorly. Um, you know, he's probably just annoyed with um, you know how poorly they were playing in the first half of that game. You know, and he did something to kind of light a fire, and then he got himself ejected. There's been sort of this the national. Um, narrative today, you know, if you watch ESPN or Twitter or the NBA NBA network or any of that kind of stuff, they're talking about how this is going to be a real problem and he's going to cost the Warriors a, ch- a championship again. What's your What's your general feeling on that? You know, I, I think that you know this is uh, it's this is like a skin knee, right? He's just people are are remembering the issues from last year, um, the kick, and you know the thing is if you took the kick out of the equation or even if he left it into the equation, but took out his previous technicals because the only reason that he got suspended for the game was because of his excessive technicals. Right. And excessive is probably a bad choice of words. He had a lot. I didn't necessarily see every single one to say if it was excessive or not. Um, Like I could relate it to Michael Crabtree had an excessive amount of drop passes this year for the Raiders. It was excessive. It was the lead league. Yep. That was excessive. His technicals, uh, I don't, you know, some of them, I I agree, some of them are warranted. Last night, the first technical, I think, was, because Cousins is a big guy. He's coming in, and he's an aggressive player. It was just one of those things where it was, again, uh, it was officiated poorly. I don't think it was technical worthy. The officiating obviously thought otherwise. But then, just for him to blow up like that, and they ought—I mean, there's zero patience now for him. No, nor and, should there be, frankly. Right. Well, for any player, but I feel like if <clears throat> if Curry got that animated, uh, he wouldn't have gotten a technical. Um, and granted, Curry is also kind of the poster boy of the NBA as it is. But even other players on other teams, I don't think uh, I don't think Westbrook 
would have gotten a technical if he got that upset. Actually, you know what? I, I, I understand what you're saying, and you're right. There are There is a reputation factor of being in play here. That, that, uh, that's all I'm alluding to. I'm not saying anything else yeah, beyond that. Westbrook actually, he threw a basketball at a referee's head earlier in the year. Did you see that? <laughs> no. Yeah, he, he was pat. Like, he th- he says he didn't do it on purpose, but he, like, threw it from, like, the half-court line almost, and he throws it towards the basket to a referee that's not looking and just hit him right in the grape and then acts like he was just kind of throwing it to him, even though there's another referee he could have just handed the ball to. Right. The whole thing. Anyway. Right. You know, I, I, I see what you're saying, and I, there is a reputation thing at play here. Um, you know, he's got, let's see, I think with his technical last night, I think he went to, uh, I think he's at 10 now. He's got 10, 10, no, he's... I think he's like 11 or 12. 11 or 12 techs now, so he's got six more, I th- or four more before he gets a suspension, a one-game suspension, and that includes the playoffs. Right. You know, yeah, that's, uh, it's... If after that, I mean, help me out here. Uh, after that one suspension, how many do you, have to, do you get again before another suspension? You know what? I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's every four technicals after that. I think at this point he goes in for mass technicals before the uh, finals begin. Yeah. <laughs> Go I in know. and get some technicals, face one suspension, then you got four four for playoffs. You know what? I I know the way, the way we think about LeBron, but the guy is a cerebral dude. And... You know, say what you want about his antics, but what he did last year was calculated. He knew how close Draymond was to, you know, and so his to being kicked out or suspended. So his whole thing was, you know, I'm going to try and bait this dude into doing something stupid. So I think if you're Draymond, I don't, you know, I don't know that you can necessarily just like go into the playoffs. (laughs) I realize you're being playful, but yeah, yeah. um, You know, I I think it's a right now the that the ejection last night is much ado about nothing, right? He's a fiery guy. He's going to get technicals. You know, his his antics don't typically affect, like, like I'll, I'll draw the comparison to DeMarcus Cousins, who yeah. is the best big man in basketball right now. The guy is freakishly talented. Right. A guy who's 6'11 and 240 like he is should not dribble like that, should not have jump shot like that, should not, you know, have offensive skill like that. When, when he gets... When he starts acting out towards the ref or starts to engage with the referee, he does not run back on defense. He stands there and he complains. He takes himself out of plays. Draymond Green will do that, but as soon as the ball gets back onto the court, it's kind of done with. Like he's talking, but he's still like engaged at a super high level. Yeah. You know, and so like his antics aren't necessarily affecting the team negatively in real time for the most part. Most part. Last night, obviously, the exception. But last night. You know, I understand there's like a bank account thing here, right? Like he's probably overdrawn his bank account. So now every time he gets a tech or every time he gets ejected or any time something like that happens, every time that happens, it feels like this huge thing. Right, right, right. You know, where to use your comparison, if Curry does that, you know, just, oh, Curry's just getting frustrated. But that's kind of the end of it, right? Well, you know, not so far after that, McGee got a technical too. Uh, And for for being stupid, he just made made a bad judgment. Yeah. Went after the guy with his forearm. Like he's yeah. a WWE wrestler, but no one's talking about that technical. Obviously, double technicals are, are this is what we're discussing. But it's, one of those it's a big things. deal. Yeah. There aren't a lot of ejections in the NBA. Right, 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 right. Or yeah. nor are they are in the NFL, and that's now a, a big thing. Now, when you get that second un, unsportsmanlike conduct, you're out. Which how many times did that happen this year? Uh, once or twice. That's it. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, you know, obviously people got one, and as soon as they get the one, that's all they're going to talk about from that point forward. But that didn't happen very often. Right. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think that the break isn't is, is it couldn't have happened at a better time. Go into the All Star break, yeah. Let him cool cool off, calm down. Let everyone kind of. I'm sure the team voiced their frustration, like, like you know, Draymond, you can't keep doing this. Like it's gonna, this is gonna 
Look at the path that you're walking. We did it last year. I think they're positioned better defensively this year than they were last year. Yeah, well, uh, with, because well, in last year they had you know Bogut was an injury prone guy. He was in and out a lot, so they had rotating guys at all the time. But I, I think you make a good point there too. I think you know one of the reasons why they're better defensively is that you know they've always had this sort of quote unquote death lineup to go to, where it was, um, you know, where it's, you know, last year it was Curry Thompson, you know. Uh, Livingston, Barnes, Iguodala, and or Draymond, like some right. segment, like some stretch of those guys. Now that's just the way the roster is built. It's yeah. all those guys. So that level of defense and that level of like blitzkrieg just happens now. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think, you know, their depth is solid. There was some concern about that coming into the season, but their depth seems to be pretty good. You know, the Draymond thing, I, I don't think that that kind of stuff is going away. And well, that's it, it's it's what you I mean. It's you know, use the same team. Like, that's what, you know, Matt Barnes is a hothead. Yes. That's what you get when you sign up that's with him. That's a great point. And I think also, like, if he were to be less aggressive and be less demonstrative, um, he's not as effective as a player. And so right. now you're saying that now the narrative becomes he's not as, you know, he's not he as He can't be good uh, unless, he's, unless he's being disruptive right. uh, off the court or on the court, however you want to phrase it. You know, the thing I, I, I also want to add, I think that uh, if Draymond's play wasn't as solid... Um, you know, because one of the first things we when we first started when we started watching regular season basketball is how much better Draymond came back and looked. He looked thinner. He looked sharper. He's playing better. He defends the layup. Well, I think he's, I think one of the stats he's one of the best in the league against the layup. Yeah, against the. Yeah, it's, like, the it's like it's like a forty eight percent. Well, how many games have we seen him do it? Like four or five times where he saved the game against right. a point guard, a small forward, or a center. He did it against. He did it against Kyle Lowry. He did it against Kent Bazemore. He did it against uh, Anthony Davis. Um, all different guys, all different positions, late in games, big time possessions, and he blocked them at the rim. Right, right, and that's. I think that. I think some of his antics are forgivable now because his play is so good. Now you get down to the stretch of. I mean, obviously they did. They fared very well last night without him. Right. Right. It's, not, it's, but playoff, that's not happening play, against yeah. a, you know, a real basketball team. Right, right, right. You're, you're going against Houston. You're going against uh, Spurs. You're going against anybody else. That's not happening. It comes down, basically, it's Cavs, it's Cavs, Cavs, Spurs, and that's about it. I think they'll be pretty good <laughs> for the most part against all those guys. The thing is, is that Houston is in trouble against the Warriors in a seven-game series because the Warriors are the best defense against the three-point shot in the league. They have the best three-point shooting percentage against uh, in the league. They only give up. Teams only shoot 32.6% against them. That's not very good. No. Um, Dicks. <laughs> what? I like That's not very good. Yeah. So they don't give up, and, and Houston's entire offense is predicated on the perimeter. And so, you know, you can let James Harden get 50 if you want. It's fine. But because if, if, if you can guard the perimeter and keep them from just, you know, let them jack 53s up, right. it's fine. But if you can just force them to be contested... They may get you once, but they're not going to get you over the course of seven games. It's the Spurs and it's the Cavs that really do make you nervous because the Spurs are the best coach team in the league. Right. And, you know, the Cavs have the talent to do it. You they know, do. I'm just is. curious now with Love being injured too, not to go off on a completely different tangent, with Love being injured, they kind of had that free fall for a short while. I think they're uh, looking to this all-star break as much as anybody else. As much or more than yeah. anyone. You're <laughs> yeah. right. You're right. Uh, but I wonder how they're going to bounce back post-break and see how they handle it because they're – 
if they keep free falling, I mean, that's gonna that's gonna help us out in the rankings eventually. Well, here's the deal. So they're so we you know they had that little like blurb in January where they were tough. They were like four and five or or like nine and ten in January. Right. But the ca- the Raptors who were on their heels at the beginning of that have also been terrible. They're now six games back, even despite what what uh, Cleveland had done. Boston's been playing better, but they don't really stop anybody. You know they. You know, you say they chase. They don't necessarily uh, stop. Yeah, exactly. So then, you know, now Cleveland has. Who am I? Yeah, <laughs> J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith is going to be back in a couple of weeks here, but now Kevin Love's not going to be back till right before the playoffs, or you know, at the playoffs. They'll they're going to go almost the entire season without having their starting five on the floor together. Um, you have LeBron James. He's the greatest player in the galaxy. Yes. Um, that's going to help you a lot. And uh, you mispronounced his name. Right, LeBron. Uh, and right now, without looking at the standings, they're going to face somebody freaking terrible. I can tell you, hold on, NBA standings. Who the eighth seed in the East is? It is. Would it blow your? Yeah, mind they're going right? to play the Pistons. Would it blow your mind if I knew that right now? If you knew that, you had that have been awesome. <laughs> but yeah, they're going to play the Pistons. The Pistons stand no chance. They would no. play. You know, the Cavs. You talk about their free fall or. Or any of that kind of stuff is going. This is the standard blow hard LeBron James season. You know, somebody said that he's he wants them to trade Kevin Love for um, Carmelo Anthony. He said that that's all trash. He was complaining about not having any playmakers on the team. We've been through this before with that's them. That's garbage. Yeah, we've been through this before with them. Um, you know, if you're if you're the Warriors, you come back. You've got 26 games remaining after this. Uh, you open up, you know, with the Clippers on Thursday next week, and then you've got. Brooklyn and you know your the schedule is not difficult after this. They're home against the Clippers, home against the Nets, uh, and then they go to Philly, go to Washington, go to Chicago. Um, none of those. It, the only team that's really good at Washington is good um, are the Wizards. You know, then they're at the Knicks, at the Hawks, and then at home against. The, I mean, they don't have a tough game. They have two tough games between now and March fifteenth, March eleventh. Excuse me. They play at San Antonio on March eleventh. Um, you know, they just got to keep cruising, keep cruising. The way that this has gone recently, like keep getting up big in third quarters, keep getting out ahead of teams, let your, um, your McCaws, your Damian Jones, your, um, your James Michael McAdoo's. Yeah. You know, let these guys keep getting run because you never know when one of them is going to play five big minutes in a, in a critical game in a playoff series. Right. Um, and after break, they should also get, uh, Patchouli and West will be right. back. Thank you. On Thursday. Um, you know, so it's a it's a it's a, a good time for the break. Um, I'm looking forward to the dunk contest that's coming yes. up on Saturday. Three uh, points should be interesting. Yep, it's Clay Thompson in the three point contest. Did you hear what he said he was going to do over uh, All Star Weekend? Because mm. it's in New Orleans. Yeah, he said I'm probably going to go out to the swamps, check that out. Might try and wrestle myself an alligator. <laughs> I do, I do, I do like Clay Thompson's like post game interviews, and it's one of those things like the the Warriors right now remind me of like a college fraternity, but in a good way. A long time ago, a buddy of mine told me... Without all like, like the gang rape and stuff? Right, yeah, they're not roofing bitches. But, uh, banging each other. It's one of those things where my buddy, who was uh, he was the vice president of his fraternity, and I worked with him back in the day. And uh, he's like, he's, he's all, with each fraternity, he's all, we can't have 30 of the same guy. We can't have 30 Devons. 30 Devons would destroy this place, be on fire, be a mess. We gotta have this guy you got to have this kind of guy and that's how the warriors remind me because clay thompson is so reserved yeah very quiet he comes in he's an assassin does his job 
You know, Curry's yeah, obviously a poster boy. Durant's the hothead. You know, KD's kind of the voice of reason, like, hey, man, let's just play a balance. There's so much attention on him. He doesn't want it necessarily, but he's a good guy. Everyone likes him. It's just this, like, it's this, it's this fun, it's a fun fraternity of guys, of talent, and it's really fun to watch. Um, I know it's probably not making other NBA teams happy because it's just no. one of those, it's, you know, this is, this is the bulls of the, of the, of the eighties and nineties. So it's, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. Well, yeah. You know, winning begets hate, man. The haters Absolutely. are out there. The haters are out there. And so All are the bandwagon rest. fans. And you're listening to one right now. No, the, the haters are out there. The bandwagon fans are in here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> they're, sitting, they're sitting right next to us. Uh, all right, let's get let's give this a rest. All right, let's wrap it up. If you have not had a chance to check us out on social media, check us out on Facebook, check us out on Instagram, check us out on Twitter, on Untapped, which is the uh, social networking site for beer fanatics. Uh, emails at uh, sportsbeer at gmail.com. Tweet us. Do whatever. Give us some feedback on what you think. Most of what we just said is complete crap. So <laughs> we want to hear about it. It's all made up anyways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check us out. Uh, we still have what what's still coming. We still got uh, a couple things to talk about. We're, we're going to talk about our fish and chips uh, that we made this morning uh, with a beer batter from the Danville Brewing Company. We got some beers to try from Sierra Nevada. Uh, we also have the 40-ounce challenge coming in for other episodes. <laughs> this uh, And some stuff to talk about for food, too. We've got a couple things. I'm going to ask you some questions about what's important when you walk into a restaurant. So we're going to do all those things on episode uh, part two, part three of episode number 40. Sports meets bear. Beer.